You want to start? No, last time I started, it was awful. Why? Because my voice is very relevant. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? I don't know. Just just start it. Okay. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why do you start it like it's like an old Oprah infomercial? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) It's like Maura Rose. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Maura Rose. (laughs) Cinema and television. (laughs) Presenting to you the slice of paradise that I like to call the town I'm currently am. You have watched way too many episodes of Shit's Creek. I love this show. It's a good show. Yeah. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. What are we here for, Gab? Do we start over or do we just bring go with it that? in? Give me something. Intro. Not that <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. All right. Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> My God, we got to do a lot of editing here. I'm glad you're doing it, not oh me. Oh, God. Um, yeah. This is a very special episode. <sighs> it is. I mean, we're crazy because it's been a fucking crazy week. But Hasn't you're back. You're, you're here. And you're back. Hey, I'm no COVID longer in quarantine. Free. I am COVID free. Thank God. Um, you know, had no issues. That must be like the only good news that we had this week. That's a sad story, but yeah. Because must we take one second to just be like, what is the world? What okay. is the United States? Uh, fucking uh, capital got invaded. You know what? I don't understand how um, easy it was. That's the thing that has left many a questions on people's minds is just the simplicity of how they just walked right in. You know, like, I mean, well, you know why, <laughs> how easy that was is because the fucking police over there were just inviting them in. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? Oh Come in. Gosh. You know, um, Nancy's still here trying to get a fucking impeachment. Um, Dr. Dre almost died. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And fucking Kanye cheated on Kim with Jeffree Star. That was just the icing on top of the cake. I mean, is there truth to it? I don't fucking know, but it made for some really great news during a a really dark time in uh, American history. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But you know what? We're here to take your mind off the shit. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Talk about this too much longer because we have other more interesting things to talk about. Like? Like Jenny's pantyhose that are doing a comeback this episode. They make a wonderful little cameo, you know, they just, you know, with brand new holes, you know, oh, yes. just to, to put everything back in perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, bring the whole thing full circle. So why don't you start us off? Okay, so we're jumping right in. We're Once again, we're still on season one, but we're diving deep into episode seven entitled Losing It. So we opened the episode in Detroit, Michigan, Two years ago, I'm not sure why that's relevant because we don't know these people, even if it was yesterday. But Detroit, Michigan, <laughs> two years ago. And I don't know why, but we're at some random fast food restaurant. It looks like it's closed and they're supposed to be cleaning. But we see two women who are just kind of leaning on the counters. You know, back in your teenage days, you're lazy. You don't really give a fuck about your job. But the manager comes out and he yells at one of his employees, naming her Roxanne. Um, <laughs> and she's leaning on the counter so she's not fucking working get your ass back to work you know as any fucking manager would do but why doesn't fuck do. the fucking manager help 
That's my fucking question. I don't know if you've ever worked in fast food. The manager don't give a fuck about fuck you. This place. You need to get what you need to get done. Plus, it's only two employees and nobody has been there. So I don't know what he wants them to wipe down. Did you see how stupidly they turned around, grabbed like a little uh, towel, no one grabbed <laughs> some spray or something? Like yeah. they're barely doing anything. So the manager is like, yo, get back to work, whatever. He goes in the back room. These bitches take it upon themselves to just start making out. Like, mm-hmm. full-on grabbing titties, pulling Ooh. up uh, skirts. Like, I'm like, hold up. Like, you're at work. And there's security cameras, probably. For sure. There's fucking security cameras. And your manager just left 0.3 milliseconds ago. Ew. So he didn't go very far, okay? Mind you, dude comes up to the door. They're still making out, fucking kissing. She's ready to go down on old girl. Oh, God. And he whips out his dick, finds it upon himself to just start jerking it right there. Let's go. Because that's how all men do in the L word, you know? That's just oh, a relevant God. thing. Consistent. I'm over this. It's consistent. Very consistent. In every fucking vignette, like every intro, it either has been only lesbians or straight men or gay men are involved and they're kind of toxic. Yeah. Like, let's remember the last episode's intro with the fucking homophobic police officer. Yeah. Trying to uh, shove his homosexuality down just to be like, take that beat. Yeah. But oh I'm my a, I rest Barf on that, that whole situation. Anyways, um... We need better representation of straight men, please. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think it's too much to ask, but I guess for the writers in 2004, it was. Because we end the scene, zooming in on old guy's face, just breathing all Ew. fucking hard. Crooked teeth and all. <laughs> just just br- hot breath on the Bending. camera. Pan to theme song. Like, okay, what a way to start the show. Theme song, that's your cue. You know I realized I didn't do that last episode. And I am so sorry to the listeners because I know y'all missed that shit. (laughs) I know y'all did because I did. I listened to that back and I was like, excuse me, Shantae, do your job. Like when the actual theme song is going to make its first appearance, we're all going to miss your version of the... As well, they should, because mm-hmm. that shit's iconic, you know? Maybe we might just start singing the theme song when it starts. You know how many people are going to fast forward past that shit? Uh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got to do it at least once, though. Oh, for sure. Just for the hell of it. Just for sure. Um, so we go from the theme song, and we're at a club with Shane and Clive. Good old Clive is back for a second episode, and they're walking through the crowd, to walk up to the a bar, basically, where two men are already waiting for them. And it's probably the same two men that we saw from the previous episode of The Planet uh, talking about, like, oh, they think I'm a twink man or whatever. Yeah, I think so, me. because they do mention, like, they're, like, uh, looking for Shane. Like, they remember Shane from yeah, somewhere. So I'm exactly. assuming it's the same guys, but I really don't remember their faces. Uh, let's just say it is. Um, and we learned that one of the two guys' name is Harry. And it looks like he's groping Shane's ass. Oh. Charming. Um, he thinks that Shane's a dude, basically. Of course. And so Clive tell him, like, no, she's a girl. Um, and I just wrote, skinny boys have the biggest cock. Yeah. Which, he's right. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> he, he's a thousand percent correct. But just the fact that he was so disappointed by that. He's like, wait, that's not a man? That's, are you sure? Like, can she still give me head? Like, he was so concerned. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. But that's pretty much uh, the scene. And then we go to Tim waking up in the middle of the night. It's around 3 a.m. And he gets up, looks out the window, and puts on gloves. 
end of the scene. See, I don't know if the scene is supposed to show that he's so distraught that his new bride hasn't made it home yet at 3 a.m. Or if he is just stressed for whatever reason and needed to go blow off some steam. We don't know that yet, but we'll get to it. Right, but I mean, we see the gloves. So, but you know, what what are we implying with this whole situation? But, okay. So, we just kind of, you know, finish that scene and basically go across the driveway and go to Bet and Tina's house and Bet comes in the living room where Tina is laying on the couch and she's reading the famous book What to Expect When You're Expecting. It was so precious because she was so cozy and shit. Yeah. And Bet come in looking like a whole snizzag and the tank top. Anytime that bitch wear a tank top, I'm here for it. Let me mention that she wears it twice in the whole series, mm. I believe. Mm. But it's like the two moments that I'm like just giddy, just like, yeah, yeah, like you can't help your fucking self. So she comes in looking fire, and she gives Tina a little foot rub, you know? I wanted to mention that. How do we feel about this? Like What, feet? Side, no, side, <laughs> what, feet? <laughs> no, 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 like side notes. Um, eh, I'm not sure, I don't know. Like Jennifer and Laurel have, as we know, great chemistry. They're friends, worked together for years. They've done, like, multiple intimate scenes. Mm-hmm. So they're very close. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just me because I don't like feet. That's what it is. But I would be very reluctant to, like... <laughs> <laughs> to grab some randos feet. <laughs> Bro, like, it's what, like, the sixth episode yeah. TV, but seven yeah. DVDs. Um I mean, no, no shade. Like, I'm not saying that uh, Laurel has. Yeah, like, no, it's just you and feet in general. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I'm like, Ugh. okay, whatever. I just, I just, I just wanted to. Um, <laughs> random thought. Okay, <laughs> back to <laughs> my notes. Um, but yes, Bet asks her if there's anything that uh, she can do for Tina, um, and she tells her that she has a craving for something cold, like a sorbet. So Bet goes like, oh, like. A Slurpee. Yeah, she's like, yes. she's like, bitch, it's three o'clock in the morning. Where am I gonna get sorbet? Okay, the best I can do is a fucking Slurpee. <laughs> Are you gonna get a Slurpee for me in three a.m. when I'm gonna be pregnant? Uh, it, mm, it depends. If it's a Montreal winter, baby, you might as well just go out there with a snow cone and, and scoop it up because <laughs> the last thing I'm gonna do is a slide, slip slide my way anywhere to go get you nothing. We're just gonna make this ice brick work, and I might throw a little jam on it, you know, to make it a little flavored. <laughs> so that's as mean. that's as good as it's gonna get. But the the thought will be there for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. great. You can do so much with the thought. Uh-huh. Um, so bet is like great. I'll go get you that Slurpee and. She gets up and walks away and just goes, Slurpee. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Every time just bet is in the room, I just feel like a child. Um, but it's, it's warranted a thousand percent. Like, she's just everything. I don't uh, know what. I don't know what it is. What is, what is that, that glimmer in her eye that Jennifer Beals does? Because I just... don't even, like. Nothing scandalous or nothing. No. I'm just like, oh my God. It was like just, a fangirl. Exactly. It was such a cute scene and it just was very real and it didn't seem so rehearsed. Right. Yeah. It might have, it must have been like um, ad lib, probably. I don't know. Either that or it was one of those like one take. They were like, oh, Ooh. that's perfect. We never have to do it again. Yes. Like, the, the chemistry was there. We saw it in your eyes. Ow. The love was there. Cut and print. <laughs> okay. So we're back at the club with Clive, and he basically tells uh, Harry that him and Shane used to turn tricks back in the days. And Harry's like, ooh, so 
you know, would she be still interested, basically? And he he's like, what the fuck, no. Right. Um, she's done with that. You know, she has a real fucking job. She's a hairdresser now. And he's like, oh, great. And fucking runs to Shane. Like, hey, um, I'm going to send you fucking Cherry Jackie, the wife of my business partner. Yeah. Okay, great. Who are you? Like, But, like, he didn't necessarily say, like, who Shane has worked with in the past. Like, if she's done celebrity hair or anything like that before. Just because he heard hairstylist, he's like, oh, great. I'm going to hook you up with this girl, and she's going to put you on the map and Super all this stuff. Super fucking weird, I'm because like, okay. on top of that, Clive goes, like, oh, she's kind of like an apprentice, yeah. like a shampoo girl. And he goes, oh, great, perfect. I'm going to send you the hot, hottest girl in town yeah. for you to cut her hair. Yeah, it, it seemed um, a little weird that he okay. kind of jumped the gun, and he went from, oh, is she going to do these services for me? Oh, no? Okay, well, I'll just help her get a, a new gig. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, thanks, right. I guess. Yeah. But how interesting, because if Shane would have never met Harry, a whole lot would have never happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plus, these people are very toxic. Like, it's kind of goes from that to, like, drugs, and mm-hmm. she's taking something that she thought it was just coke, and it's something else. Yeah. Like, it, it was a lot. A it lot of, weird. a whole lot, a whole lot of. So, yeah, he goes, I'm going to send you Cherry da- Jackie or whatever, and she's like, okay, who the fuck is this? Like, whatever. And he goes, you're going to be huge. Well, her his friend actually says that. You're going to be huge. Harry loves you. Um, he got that right. Yeah. She is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, but that was fucking random. That's how basically Shane gets a job, I guess. Yeah. And that's how we learn a little bit more about her professional career. Because all we've had so far is literally just Shane sleeping around exactly, with other people. Exactly, doing absolutely nothing else. And this episode is the first time we hear about her job. Why do we have to be seven episodes deep before we realize that she actually has a job? You know, that she has a life aside from just... Fucking random bitches. Thank you. Also, let me just also add in this uh, opening part of this scene... Please. ...where they're showing the the, the club and the bar or whatever, and it was just obviously just a gay uh, bar. But it looks like the opening of Queer's Folk. I don't Ooh. know if they found some, like, recycled footage. Because oh. it's, it's all showtime, right? Are you right? sure? I swear to God. Because I think I maybe got, like, two or three seasons, maybe four seasons deep of Queer's Folk. But it, I swear, it felt the same. Huh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they, where they got this footage from. But it was very the same. Maybe. Oh, yeah. um, eh, I don't Unless, know. Unless, but Eileen worked on that one, too, right? Did she? I never watched Queer as Folk. I think I, feel I like watched she one did. episode. Maybe I made that up, or maybe it's just because they're both Showtime. But let us know. Yeah, what you think. I feel like she did, but I'm not sure. But anywho, it just felt very recycled. <laughs> Ooh, well, damn shade. All shade, all tea. God damn. <laughs> but we move from the club to uh, Tim at home, and we see him outside boxing. He's fucking beating the bag up like a freaking maniac. And Beck kind of comes around the corner with Tina Slurpee. Well, may I just add, you know, everybody knows that I'm fucking picky with technique. We know. What do you have? When it comes to actors practicing a sport on screen. Mm -hmm. And I must say that Mm -hmm. his technique is actually good. The form is there. Yes. Mm. Like his position is good. You know, whatever the fuck. I'm not going to get into it. Um, But yes, I know I I box, um, whatever. So I know how it works. But the only thing that I will say is that his breathing technique is not there. Well, you know, he's angry. You know, you're not really thinking straight. You don't really. He has to breathe out. Otherwise, he's going to get tired. (laughs) Well, he wants to be tired. You know, just get it out, the frustration, and then everything's going to be good. I guess. But, But kudos to you, whoever your name is. Um, <laughs> yes, Beth comes in. <laughs> Beth comes in with Tina Slurpee, 
and she sees uh, Tim acting a whole fool on the the um, what do you call it? the bag, mm-hmm. and she comes over. She's like, "Hey, like, do you want to talk about something? You know?" And then they kind of just go over and start sitting on the steps to discuss the whole Jenny situation. That's right, and <laughs> Bet is drinking. Tina Slurpee. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tina's just in the house waiting, like, okay. Yeah, I just imagine <laughs> Tina be like, where the fuck yeah. is my cherry Slurpee? The bitch probably went back to sleep. She forgot about that <laughs> damn Slurpee. And Beth tries to reassure um, Tim and tell him that, you know, just because, you know, Jenny's a writer, she might be just craving some kind of experience. And that was just her trying to, you know, live her life or get that experience or just, you know, that fuel for uh, writing. So he's like, oh, you know, he he looks like he's kind of thinking about it Mm -hmm. and reflecting on it. And then Tim is like, he says something about you dykes or whatever. He yeah, gets yeah, really yeah. misogynistic out of a sudden. Like, whoa. Like, and Ben's guy was, she goes like, well, don't fucking blame it all like on us. Like, yeah. that's why me and Tina left her dinner party that time because we didn't want to be involved. And he's like, ew. Yeah, that was, and, uh, that was a big pause moment because she let it slip that things have been going on a lot longer than Bet. I mean, than Bet. Then Jenny and Marina originally let on because, yes. you know, Marina claims that you've seen all there is to see. The, the one and only time. Yeah, the beginning yeah. and the end. <laughs> this, this is it, you know? So he was led under the impression that it was the one time. Exactly. So he freaks out and realizes that it was going on then. He gets mad. He starts asking Bet like, "How many times did it happen?" Yeah. Like, Bet, Bet, I was not in the fucking room when it happened. Every time, like, what do you exactly? Mean? Like, That's not fair on. of him to ask her. She was not a part of the relationship. She just happened to catch it with her two eyes, exactly. which he could have obviously done as well. He's like, "I thought we were friends." Oh, am I supposed to be here every time it happens? Like, what the fuck mm, are you talking about? Anyway. I can't. But um, one thing that he did say within that scene um, that I think helped us maybe understand how he felt at the altar a little bit. He said that he he woke up in the middle of the night in that hotel room and he's never felt more empty or so full of nothing. Yeah. So honestly, from the last episode, we could see that in his face. He looked like he was just, like I said, a shell of himself. Mm -hmm. He was just kind of there, didn't really care about what was going on, just going through the motions. So that, I think, showed that he was in tune with how he felt in that situation. Absolutely. But that he was being a little dismissive to Jenny's, how she might feel being left in a hotel room, you know, despite all of that that happened yeah. before. All we said about uh, the silence treatment that he was giving exactly. her. Exactly. That was uh, where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that scene kind of ends. And we're back with Jenny sitting on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. And she's writing a letter to Tim. Um, and her voiceover is kind of reading what she has written so far. Um, but the scene is very short and we go right back to Tim. And if he's sitting by the phone, it rings once and he kind of jumps on it and uh, answers the phone, but it's not Jenny, it's some kind of fucking company, whatever. So he hangs up and that's over already. But that just kind of showed that he's... He's worried about Jenny. Like yeah. he, he's he hates her, he's upset, but he's waiting on that call to, sh- to say that she's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so we go back to Bet, who's on the phone, and I wrote, probably talking to James. And then she goes, <laughs> okay, thank you, James, and hangs up, Dude. which was funny. Uh, but Tina's on the, she's sitting on the bed, actually. She's kind of feeling sick, um, but, you know, Bet tells her that she will be able to sleep. Uh, on the plane, they're in first class, and Tina goes, yeah, I'm actually excited, you know, like, it's the first time that my name is on the list, and I'm not just Bet's plus one. Yeah. That's kind of sad, you know, because it feels like, unfortunately, the first few seasons, Tina is just Bet's 
extra special guest. Yeah, and know? it's 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 presented that way to us, honestly. This specifically the first season because she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have anything going for her. She is just Bet's plus one. She's, exactly. She's doing nothing but being uh, their, the mother figure. That's, yeah. that's it. She's nesting. She's trying to have a baby. There, there's nothing else going on for, for her, her right exactly. now. So she is just Bet's plus one. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But it'll change for the better. For sure. Um, down the line. Um, so Bet is uh, uh, just, you know, getting things ready together and stuff. And Tina is just really not feeling well. She's feeling super sick. And I just wrote, take a damn fucking gravel or something. Can you take that? As I, honestly, I don't woman? know about uh, morning sickness. I don't know how easily it can be cured as far as taking some tea or something. Yeah, or can you a treat pill that? Or something. <laughs> I know that you can't take Advil, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but God, like, we're just making yourself throw up. I don't know. I've never had a kid. <laughs> I don't want to be out here being like, you should. Like, bitch, just deal with it. Why right. you can't get on a plane? I would go to New York. <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Bet tells, which I was surprised, kind of, because Bet is super understanding. And yeah. she tells Tina that it's okay. She can you know, stay at home. She's not mad or anything. Um, and Tina's like, okay, you know, I think I'll go to that clinic or whatever and go see that doctor so he can give me some medicine. I don't fucking know. It's like a, what she's a Chinese herbalist or something like that. So it's like a different way of healing as she says. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, sounds good actually. So bed is like, okay, you know, sure. You know, your health is what's matters basically right now. So, um, stay home, stay safe. And I shall return. And the fucking chauffeur gets gets there basically to pick up Bet to go to the airport, and he's just fucking doorbell like ding ding ding. Like hello. I heard you the first time, boo. I'm coming. Where do you? What else do you have to be? I'm Jesus. paying you, baby. Calm down. Like knocking on the door, bitch. Like, I was waiting on somebody to just bust through. Like is that Kit? Usually she just walks around the side. <laughs> like what? Why is he ringing the door so many Jesus. times? Damn. So she finally <laughs> leaves, and we go to the planet where there's three girls sitting at a, at a table together, and they're kind of like troubleshooting ideas for starting their own uh, club, I guess. I don't know if it's our own club or if it's just a lesbian night at the planet, but I don't know why they are discussing it, and who who are they that we, we've never seen them. No. And for so, whatever reason, they felt to take a good 30, 40 seconds to really focus on these three girls that we've never seen and have Alice in the background. Yeah, but that's actually something that is going to Yeah, yeah, but it, but that's why I said I think it's just a, a specific night. I don't think it was like a, a, their own club or anything. No, I think it was an actual thing. It was at the planet, though. Was it? Yeah, pretty sure. Well, we'll have to get back on that. Yeah. But I, I thought it was like an actual club, but they're kind of like... Uh, Deciding on a name. But I just felt like, well, yeah, like you said, it was weird because we've never seen those mm -mm. people before and we're kind of introduced to three new characters that have a lot of things to say. Yeah. Um, and Alice is just sitting in the background and she calls Shane. She's like, where the fuck are you? Like, your roommates are just over here <laughs> saying twat like they have the tourist syndrome, which I thought was fucking funny. But that's how we find out that those are the roommates that we've heard of that live with Shane who all share our one bedroom. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I feel like up to this point we should have seen them before. Which I we'll mean, never see them again. Except no. for the one time at the little twat the night party. But, okay. Like, relevance? Did we need that? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And <sighs> we're just trying to fill in the fucking team. You know, editing. Cut that shit out. 
<laughs> I mean, whoever decided that was necessary. I'm not mad. I mean, whatever. Kind of. I don't know. Whatever. We're wasting way more. Too time. much. Yeah. Um. So Lisa is joining Alice. Um. And they kind of talk and flirt, and they're talking about Leonard. And Alice is trying to say like, my mom has debts. <laughs> like she uh, has lied to me. My brother and sister think that I should have my mom over, you know, living at my house yeah. because I'm not married and I don't have kids. And I th- just think it's fucking bullshit. And they kind of connect because Lisa understands her 100%. And he kind of says what Alice thought, like, exactly to the point. And they're like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And kind of connecting in a weird but it, way. It was, it was kind of cute, though, because... She was like, "Oh well, you don't you don't want to hear my problems." He's like, "No, like talk to me." Like, he, right. it was nice to have someone who, especially from a guy, who well, yeah. genuinely wanted to hear what you had to say. So, exactly, she was impressed by that, and she felt it was easy to bear her soul to this person. And I feel like again, like with representation of men in this um, show, if they're straight, they're like the worst. Yeah, and if they're gay or in the spectrum, they're kind of like good people. Yeah. So because basically Lisa is a lesbian, you know, question mark, um, they made him a better person. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, I guess the only straight guy in this show that at this point is decent is Marcus. Yeah. But we'll get to that later because Mm. it becomes very problematic at some point. And Marcus is not. He's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) But he's just more dumb than I think problematic in any other way. I guess. You're right. No, he's like the... How you say the better of less, of the two lesser evil. of two evils? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we cut to Shane sleeping in her car in front of her job, and doesn't she have an apartment? That's what I'm saying. With these roommates that we just saw in the scene before, exactly. But I feel like she left the club the night before and was like, "Hey, let me drive up to my job." So I'm not late. (laughs) So when I get up in the morning, I'm right there. What the fuck? I mean, listen, the logic is great. The the LA commune is very real. She there. I don't know about them parking tickets because I don't think you can park in front of some place all night like that. Well, I don't think that you are allowed to sleep in your car for one. either. No. So, but the fact, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm just going to park here. She's probably high off her shit too because of whatever the fuck she took the night before. Her boss kind of comes out completely pissed. Like, bro, like, why are you parked here? You're late for your shift. My customers look confused. Like, get get out of here. What it's are you so doing? It's so bad for his business. 100%. You can't have somebody parked out here sleeping in their fucking truck in front of your shop. And at this point, all we know is that Shane is that shampoo girl. Yeah. Like, she's not some hot shot. No, uh, she's a fucking intern. You know? So, like, what? No. Um, so we cut from there and we go to Tina who joins Alice and Lisa at the planet and Tina sits down and she says that she puked all her insides and now she feels better. That's usually how it works. Couldn't you just do that an hour ago? Oh, you did say that. And hop on that that. flight. Uh, but you I'm really just, want her to just go to New York. That's I'm the end of the day. With her. I'm yeah. just messing with her. But honestly, I would have really like, because if she would have just done that before. Yeah. But then we all know that Tina would have got to the damn shit with Bet and been all, oh, I'm sick. We got to go home. What's Uh. all this we stuff? No, you go home (laughs) and go to the hotel and I'm going to be out here partying with uh, the Peabody's. But you already know Tina was going to make it a whole situation. So honestly, the best thing was for her to stay in L.A. But we all know that that doesn't end well. They would have not had any episode if that would have been the way. Yes, uh uh-huh, because then Tina could have been extra. And we all know that is simple. Rewriting the whole episode. Rewrite. Here we are. Um, <laughs> but so Lisa offers Tina some tea and 
he goes, it's, a, it's such a beautiful and crazy time in a woman's body. I'm jealous my body will never go through what you're going through. Oh, and he gets Jesus. up and goes to get some tea. Um, and Alice and Dina are just kind of looking at each other like they don't know what to say at this point. No. Because like, ah, okay, like, so cause now it's like a combination of you being a good person. You know, he's wanting to get up. I'm, I'm going to get the tea for you. You know, I got this. And then him being kind of weird. Like, they don't understand his situation. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, or are you trans? Are you, what, 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 what's going on? Yeah, what's and so they kind of just look at each other without actually asking any questions, but they both want to fucking understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so we go from there and Tim is still worrying. He doesn't know where Jenny is. He's kind of freaking out. So he calls the motel in Tahoe and the reception guy tells him basically that Jenny checked out already. So he's freaking out because what the fuck? Like, it's been a while, and why isn't she home yet then? And we cut right away to Ginny, who's hitchhiking. She's still wearing those, um, what you call it? Pantyhose. Thank you. But here, in her defense, you know, she didn't exactly have time to go home and pack anything else. So she is stuck with, you know, just the clothes that but were on her back. is it necessary to wear them? She could just You're right, because she just skirt. had the skirt and it would have been fine. I mean, she maybe she just don't have no drawers on and she just want to be gapping, you know, the, oh God. <laughs> the rest of the time. But, you know, but still, it it just ain't the look. Especially Poor when baby. it got all them fucking holes in it. Baby, take that shit off. Do and it. She, she still has um Tim's jacket on. Yeah, she has a jacket on too. And so she's hitchhiking in the side of the road and there's a car that... um kind of just stops to pick her up and she's talking about um she wants to give him she wants to give tim her heart and other organs yeah i guess that's part of the letter or poem or whatever she's writing to him i I, i'm assuming it's a metaphor eh? for sure but i mean maybe not she wants to give him everything that everything I was hoping you'd be able to, to shine the clarity on that because she says yeah. it multiple times and at some point I got confused. So I was like, okay, Gap's got this. Yeah, I think maybe, I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking. Maybe she's just trying to say that she wants to give everything she has to Tim, mm-hmm. literally down to her own heart, mm. just to prove to him how much she loves him or how much she thinks she owes him. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it is, is though, that she she feels so bad that she has to give this to him. Yeah. And weird little detail that I noticed, nothing that it's so important, but she cut her converse. Really? Like, she has um, high converse, and it it's cut, basically. Like, the logo Are is cut Are you sure the half. stocking is not just on top of it? How would the stocking be on top of it? Because they were high tops. So she probably just had the, the bottom of the stocking over the... No. Because they weren't like, um, you know, the ones that come all the way over your feet and you go on there, they're like leggings type thing. So maybe she just No, that's the- their dick. I'm pretty sure that her pantyhose are over her feet. Hmm. And it is not. It's really fucking cut. Like, If it's cut, I don't understand the reference. I is that just weird. because they were not allowed to have Converse in the movie? Oh, you think that what it might <laughs> maybe be? Maybe it was a logo issue? Oh, my God. Because I was like, okay, maybe she was trying to do like a stylish thing or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, it might be the reason why. That could be what it is. Sometimes they do that shit. Wow. The audacity. <laughs> but anyway, she gets into the car and that's it. Would you ever... I mean, listen. Maybe she doesn't have any money. That might be why. 
But I was like, you're in Tahoe. Like, okay, it's far away from LA, but you're not in a other country. You can take a bus. Yeah, she could have take... took a bus. But she doesn't have any money, I guess. So she can't really pay for a bus ticket or... I guess it's what we can assume. A cab or whatever. It would have been, like, really expensive. So maybe the only option for her to... Because I was going to say, so, like, technically, I wouldn't just get in a random car. But I guess I do it every day. I'm taking Uber and shit all the time, so... But those people are, like, regulated and... Yeah, you know, you're right. And you can watch where it's going and everything like this. On that style of just side of the road, yeah. random car pulls over, hey, take me here. And hell no, I'm not doing that. Hell no. What if... um Because she hopped on a car, in a car, with, like... People her age, you know, would mm-hmm. would you like um, come if it was like a old man or if it would have been like a middle aged woman? Would that change anything in your mind? I don't think so because I don't trust people. Mm. <laughs> I don't give okay. a fuck what you look like. You all look sketchy to me. <laughs> I've never hitchhiked in my life and hope I will never yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah. I think it's got to be like a dire emergency for me to, oh to do something like I'm that. I'm too scared. Like, I'm, no. I've listened oh no. too much of My Favorite Murder to ever. Too much My Favorite life. Murder, too many uh, random documentaries. Like, it's it's not going to end well. Mm-mm. I'd rather save myself. Exactly. <laughs> so, from there, we see Tim at the police station trying to file a missing person report because Jenny has still not turned up. And the police officer looks so fucking bothered. Oh, but and he was unimpressed. tasty, though. Can I just add that he was a whole snack? Sure. No, no, <laughs> oh he was. Oh, my God. He was kind of cute, though, no, right? he was cute. He, he was, was cute, cute, for sure. But he's pretty much saying uh, to Tim that until uh, 48 hours exactly. have passed. Which we know this. We know this. You can't really, unfortunately, um, because when you know someone can be, you know, mentally unstable mm-hmm. or you might be scared for their life, you know, 48 hours is a long fucking for time. For sure, yeah. Um. So he can't really do anything for Tim at that moment. So he kind of is like kind of pissed. And he pretty much tells this guy his whole life story. That's what I didn't like. I'm like, oh, you think just because you tell him that your girlfriend or new wife cheated on you with a woman, that's going to change his view? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, in that case, let's go find her. Yeah. Like, no, dude, I don't give a fuck. Because I think Tim thought that the police officer didn't want to help him because he was straight. That's stupid. Because they're in West Hollywood. That's the dumbest thing I've like, ever heard. There's straight people in West Hollywood, right? Yeah, because he does. He turns around at some point. Oh, would it be different if she were, or if I were gay or something like that? What did he say? Yeah, if it was my boyfriend, would it make Yeah, a if it was my boyfriend, that's what he said. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. So there's nothing that he can do. So he has to leave. Um, and then we cut to Shane's job. A woman comes in asking for Shane, basically, and the the boss, like the dude that's there, the owner, or I don't know, um, goes to see Shane at her station, and she's still fucking sleeping. Just a fucking bum at this point. In front of the clients yeah. and customers. Like, first of all, I would not even fucking allow that. Uh, if you want to sleep because you don't have any clients, just go in the fucking back. Yeah, and she honestly should have got fired a long time ago. Any of oh. that behavior. Come like on, in bro. front of everybody. Like, no, 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 no. No way. So... He goes to see her and be like, what the fuck? Get up. There's someone in front for you. Like, they have an appointment. Like, your account is here. Get your shit together. And she's like, oh, what? It's all Just fucking, too fucking professional. hungover or whatever the fuck to even care that someone's there for her to do her job. I feel like no shade because I know a lot of people love Shane. She's a good person at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. She's very sloppy. Yeah. From beginning to end. Like in relation, I know <laughs> That's we thing. know she doesn't do relationship, but she's very sloppy with every relationship mm-hmm. that she has. She's a good friend, 
But at times it gets, you know, tricky mm -hmm. down the road. At work, she doesn't seem like she's given a shit or two. I mean, granted, she's hangover. She went out the night before. But come on, girl. Like, you're 30 years old. Like, hello. Which, Jin uh, Q, random. But, like, it makes me wonder how she got. Like, what does she do on Jin Q, though, that has her so well-established and known in the community? Well, that's what we don't know. That's, like, the 10-year gap. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Her career probably... Because I'm going to need an explanation. Because sure. this Shane, even the Shane that we leave off with in the finale, didn't was not that set up for success. No. So, and honestly, throughout the story, we'll, we'll get to that. But Shane is given a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, not to mention any names or spoiler, but... People buy her salons and people mm -hmm. buy her studios mm -hmm. and lots people, of opportunities for yes. different things and different paths she could have taken. Just people giving yeah. her everything she could ask for and still fucking it up at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. God. So we go from there and we go back to Jenny riding in the back of the car that uh, picked her up basically and just some weird kids. You know, I guess they're siblings. I'm assuming they're siblings. I'm not sure if they say. And the boy just hops in the back and offers her drugs out of the fucking random Ziploc. Just he just what? you know just carrying shrooms around in his back pocket. And just, he goes, "Just take some." Yeah. She goes, "Um, I don't know if I. I mean, I've never lived that wild life or whatever, but I don't think <laughs> I would accept drugs from a fucking stranger that just picked me up." That's the thing. It's already bad enough that she just got in the car. She doesn't know you, and you were staring at her before this. You climb in the back seat, and then you offer her fucking mushrooms. I'm like, okay, like she's she's not necessarily in a great state to make the most best decisions. Nope. So she's so vulnerable right now. She's like, okay, like but no. You, you know what's weird is that you know from what we've seen so far, Jenny is not the type of going out yeah. and taking drugs. But she kind of hesitates for a moment and yeah. just grabs a handful of shrooms and shoves it in her mouth. Yeah. No hesitation. YOLO. I, I guess, guess, man. <laughs> Damn. Um, so Tina is at the clinic. So she's over here with the at the herbalist office, actually, and uh from her morning sickness. So she's in there, and basically all we see is this random lady just talking everybody's heads off. She's just going on and on about, I guess, the herbalist, how great it is, and how awesome things are there. And then out walks Marcus Allenwood, who, if you all remember, is the donor for Bet and Tina. So he walks out and Tina's all happy to see him and greets him with the good news that her and Bet are pregnant. Ooh. But we see Miss Talkative over there kind of <laughs> giving them like a little stare, like what the fuck? And I guess she she said something to Marcus when he came out. So that kind of lets us know that she knows Marcus. Yeah. But we don't know their relationship at this point. But the lady looks fucking confused and I guess she doesn't have much to say right now. And the scene just cuts there. And we're, it's a lot of back and forth. Oh, yeah. They, but that's the thing. They're notorious for back and forth. But this one was dramatic, I thought. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Because we go back to fucking Jenny in the car. Um, and her voiceover just reading the letter again. Something about, for you, my heart. And whatever. She's just open. high as a fucking kite. Just yeah. whispering the whole house down. But <laughs> how interesting this dialogue with that... Uh, guy because mm. he asks her why are you there so she mm -hmm. goes well because he fucking picked me yeah, up yeah he picked me up simple he goes no like why are you here um you know what's up what's happening are you running away from something and she goes no like did you commit a crime no well did you do something bad like but all of what he's asking is kind of what she's she doing. either did or is considered yeah 
Are you running away from something? Probably from herself. Mm -hmm. Did you commit a crime? No, but some people would fucking consider that Mm -hmm. a fucking crime. Um, Did you do something bad? Some people might say yes. Some people might say no. Mm -hmm. But it's all the things that she's battling with at that moment. Exactly. She's trying to be like, no, I love you, Tim. I want to get married. I'm going to rip my heart out for you. I'm hitchhiking to go back home for you. But at the same time, it's like the demons that haunt her, you know. But that's why it was so easy for her to say no to all of those questions. Because although each of the answers was yes, she doesn't necessarily feel that way because she's still trying to grasp onto this concept of her and Tim. And she doesn't realize that, you know, your true self, you can't keep running away from it. For sure. And so she just tells them basically that she had an affair with a woman and her boyfriend found out. And the girl driving tells the story that we saw basically in the beginning. She says that her two friends um, were working at a you know restaurant and they got caught by their managers and told their parents that they were kissing and they were both sent to boarding schools and that one of them committed suicide. Which... And I, th- I thought that was interesting for her to that that for them to tie the beginning to that yeah. because now it makes a lot more sense, of for course. Sure. But then the brother says, oh, that those weren't your friends. That was on a TV show or something. So it was like, OK, but oh, I didn't. Yeah. So part. he's like, oh, those weren't your friends. That was, you know, on a show. And she's like, oh, well, you know, that's besides the point. So that was just how she could relate to Jenny. But what show is shown on television for them to. Is it like an infomercial to tell you not to be gay? Like, what what exactly does that Or maybe it display? was like a series or something. I don't fucking know, but it left a lasting impression on her of lesbians. For so sure. she kind of like listened to that and was like, whoa, you be careful. You know, that was what she took away from it. But I was wondering, like, do you think it has any relations to Jenny's destiny or Ooh, it's life? a reach, but I like it. I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, trying to find meaning to to every Mm -hmm. vignette because i know that you know like most vignette that we see are the story is related to the episode somehow some way but it must have some kind of deeper meaning to the story of the show Mm -hmm. so if we think about the police officer arresting the guy last episode for being gay whatever that guy pulls over tim kind of like Talking about the whole situation with Jenny to him, mm-hmm. and he's kind of super fucking homophobic, and he's trying to, I don't know, you know, talking shit. And then those two girls, in the beginning, learning that one of them killed themselves for mm-hmm. having done whatever she did. I'm like, okay, so is it just like an extra little outside story from people we don't know? that is just brought up in the show or Mm -hmm. does that, you know, somehow reflect the character's story? Um, Because there's a reason why that vignette was associated with that episode where Jenny is going through what she's going through Mm -hmm. and why the police officer is the one pulling it over Tim and not Bette, for example. Well, and I I remember he said some stuff about lesbians in particular and how they don't want men and this and that and the third from porn that he had watched. Exactly. So that was, I think, the way that they tied it in because the guy, even though he was gay in his own right, he was homophobic as well. Right. So it kind of just... I don't know, I think explained a little bit more to Tim, maybe, even though it was super creepy. Yeah. But it still was this guy trying to explain why his girlfriend would do what she did. I feel like the vignette might actually be some kind of reflection on the main character of the episode's story, if that makes sense. So, like, for example, what we just mentioned, 
and the episode where Bette is going to meet Peggy at her hotel room and they see the painting or the the photograph of the artist of the vignette, you know, in the beginning of Mm -hmm. the episode. So um, maybe it's about the main character of of each episode and tells a little bit more about their story Mm -hmm. or their um, destiny or future or whatever. For sure, for sure. And so we're back at the clinic. Okay, so we're at the herbalist office again, and uh, we see the same old talkative Miss thing talking to Marcus, uh, and he's she's obviously pissed because Marcus was a sperm donor. So we find out that she is actually Marcus's girlfriend, and she's pissy because it's not his sperm to give, mm. as she says. So she turns and kind of starts yelling at Tina. It's like, what if we decide to... Or she, no, she tells Marcus, what if we decide to have a baby? That would be a half-brother or sister to our child. And she's pissy with Tina because she's like, you know, we, that's our baby as well. Like, you can't just be out here having kids. And I'm like, honey, you have no rights here. Like, you're the random girlfriend or whatever. Like, this was a whole decision that I made with this guy legally. So what is your problem? (laughs) Would you, well, I understand both ways. Like, first of all, she goes like, that's not your sperm to give. Like, well, whose sperm is it then? Yeah. Ma'am. But at the same time, if I was in a relationship with someone that I like, for instance, if I learn one day that you just like gave your eggs to a mm-hmm. couple without telling me, I wouldn't be pissed about it. But mm-hmm. I'd be like, why wouldn't you talk to me about mm-hmm. it? You know, that's weird. Um, it's a pretty big life decision to make. But it seems like it's something he did before he was with her. So it's not like they were together and it happened. You're right. Um, maybe. I think that would make a difference for me. But I don't know. It's weird. But she does say something interesting. She goes, uh, we're going to. Like, do every Christmas and birthdays? Like, yeah. wh- like what's your plan? You want to be involved in that child's life? But he doesn't. Like, you don't just blow up at a fucking uh, <laughs> clinic one day and without any information. So, basically, from there, um, you know, they kind of get uh, into an argument or whatever. And uh, Marcus said that she's ahead of herself, like, because she's talking about, like, when we're going to decide to have our own kids, like... Did you think about, uh, about that? And the just the owner is just out here being like, okay, y'all need to fucking take all of this shit outside because y'all buy vibes is not helping the situation, and I need you to get the fuck out. And even he even says to Tina that she needs to leave, and so she doesn't even get her fucking appointment. The whole fucking uh, point of her going there is was to meet with that uh, doctor, and she doesn't even get to. Um, and then we're back with Jenny and the brother just keeps asking her to read the letter that she wrote to Tim. And I don't know why they're so fucking nosy. Like they want to know everything about her life, where she's coming from. What did she do? What, uh, who is Tim? Who's Marina? What is that letter? Read it to me, please. Like what? I mean, I get like wanting to know the person that you're in the car with, but just take the ride and move on. Like we really don't need to express our entire life story right now. But he's like laying all on her shoulder and shit, being all extra close. It was weird. It was weird, but they're high, and um, Jenny just reads something like, I will plunge my fingers through my chest and take my heart out and give it to you, some bullshit like that. God, her level of dramatics were very high. It's not that deep. Like, y'all not supposed to be together. Get a divorce and call it a day. Simple. But I was thinking another, like, segment of analyzing for no fucking reason. What do you think those kids or this trip means to Jenny? Because it's, like, very weird vibes and awkward. Like we said, like, the kids are just here trying to, like, overanalyze her. And they're just over her trying to externalize what's going on. I feel like it's almost 
not real for her because she, you know, yes, she took the shrooms and shit, so she's kind of, like, not there 100%. But just the fact that they kind of show up in time and just is a way for her to get back and it's not necessarily anything, I think, monumental. It's just for her to have this conversation with herself Mm -hmm. and read her poem out loud and kind of get the feedback that she would otherwise give to herself. Because here's the thing. They might not have been talking to her at all. She could just be talking to her fucking self in the backseat all alone Maybe. coming up with this whole situation. Because there's a lot of hints and a lot of clues coming from this scene yeah, that are very kind of like trippy mm-hmm. almost. Because even the whole beginning scene could have just been something that Jenny saw on TV and it could have been something that she thought were her friends and that this was a situation that she gathered for herself mm. and that all of this whole, the boy coming in the backseat having a talk with her never fucking happened. She's just in the car by herself. Well, not by herself, but they're in the front seat driving and she's just back there alone for the Maybe. Ride, having a bad trip. <laughs> Probably. I mean, who fucking knows? But it was weird because at the end of that scene, she has some kind of revelation. She kind of like looks like she just realized something super fucking important. Her facial expression changes to mm-hmm. the extreme, but we don't really know what happened. Like she doesn't say or speak out. So it kind of just ends there and it's weird. Um, so we go back to fucking Marcus's uh, girlfriend following Tina to her car, being crazy, yelling at her, saying that she will sue her, that she and Marcus have legal rights over the kids. Like, damn, lady, calm down. There are no like, legal rights. Like, what? Especially her. Like, if anything, Marcus, maybe. But I'm sure the paperwork and shit was done at the fucking yeah. cryo bank that you don't. So I don't know why all of a sudden this lady thinks that she's somebody to do something with this child that has nothing to do with her. Like the first, very first episode, Ben and Tina already had contracts out and about for people to sign. So like, we know that their paperwork is on point. Um, So she leaves and Tina's freaking out. She calling, she's calling Megan in a panic saying that something terrible just happened and that she needs her. But it was weird because she's like, She's like panning. She's like, oh, I'm really freaking out. Like, you you can't leave a message like that for anybody and expect them not to be like, what the fuck is going on and want to come back to see what's going on. Yeah. She's just like leaving this ridiculous message. And I get she was a little shaken, but you can tell me that. You can be like, hey, so this happened with this girl. You know, I'm, I'm super like annoyed. I'm shook up, but it's okay. I just wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah. You don't have to call like you just got hit by a car and the baby <laughs> is in like critical condition. Like, my God. let me know That's what's what going on. Like. Yeah. You know, like it, that shit was dramatic. So we're back at the hairdresser and the client who came in for a haircut is now, you know, she's done. She's paying. And she's like, oh, my God, Shane, this looks so good. And honestly, it's the most fucking basic. It's a fucking trim and color and wash. Girl. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't. live your fantasy, Yeah, girl. but of course she's, like, giving Shane her number, like, call me and all this other shit. Like, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. she does the barely fucking minimum. Everybody's head over heels. I'm supposed to get excited about you washing my scalp. Okay. <laughs> whoop de whoop whoop. Oh, wow. I can't. So we're going to bet at the art show. I wrote that it was in Mona, but you think it was just in New York. But I think she's at Mona. But you know what? I All I know is that she went there to have a dinner or something with uh, Peabody for the Peabody Foundation. It was a whole situation. So I think I missed the Mona part, but I think that's what the art gallery portion of it was. Maybe. Was Mona. And I skipped and went to the dinner part. But that makes sense. Okay, so we start with Tina getting home, and there's a little basket left by Bet. And it says to my baby, for my baby, or something like that. Something, cute. yeah, it was super, super cute, super dope. And we see Bet. 
Oh, then we cut from there and we see Bet in the art gallery in New York and looking like a whole snack, might I add. You know, we got the bangs popping. We got the makeup on. Just looking real fucking good. Leave her, go back to Tina, and now she's sitting in the house opening her little gift basket and she decides to check her voicemail. So, of course, there's a couple from all the girls. We got Dana, Shane, and Alice, you know, just leaving her little things. And then we see... One message from Miss Crazy Bitch um, <laughs> that's Marcus's girlfriend. And she's acting super over-fucking-dramatic, claiming that the baby is hers and that it's not Tina's baby and legal this, legal that, blah, blah, blah. Like, girl, get a life, girl. Just please. She so is then, so pissed. But then Tina calls bed again, leaving another voice message, acting all fucking desperate. I really need to talk to you. Something crazy is going on. Like, girl, you got a voicemail and a random situation in the street. You good. <laughs> You're fine. I guess. Like, I don't know. A pregnant lady might have some kind of hormonal situation that, like, or maybe she's just scared. Tina's just a scared I guess, person. I guess we can blame both of those things. But, girl, but it's bring true. it down a couple notches. At least just be like, listen, uh, the baby and I are okay, but this shit just happened. You know? Simple. Just it's a different a way to word more. that shit. And she For did sure. not. So we're back at Tim at his house and Randy and his girlfriend are there to help uh, Tim finding Jen. And they're just trying to find like a way to think about where she might be. And Randy's girlfriend suggests that maybe Tim should call Jenny's mother. I don't know why he didn't come up with that on his own. I was like, what the fuck? I literally wrote, um, I fucking hope that if I go missing one day, the first thing you'll think of is calling my fucking mom. Like, no, hello? I think I'll just wait, you know, and go to the police after two hours and see, hey, have y'all seen? No, just good. Okay, all right. Wait by the phone. Yeah, just see if you call because, you know, you might call. Call you your know. friends thinking where I should yeah, be. Yeah, I'm going to call Ohio and see if they seen anything. And then, you like, know, if maybe they stupid. tell me to call your mom, I'll call your mom. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, I mean, I guess that maybe we don't <laughs> know that yet really uh, but Jenny might not be super close to her family. That's They true. don't live in the same area. But still, it's her fucking mom. And maybe he didn't want to alert her. But at this point, like, you have not heard anything about this woman's child, your wife at this point, And it's okay. It's just, we're, we'll call her when we call her. It's so fucking stupid. All right. Do that, Tim. So we go back again to Tina still getting a voicemail from fucking, what's her name? Ling Ling. I think sure. that's her name. I just be calling her crazy. You know, I have a thing with crazy bitch. It's a good nickname for lots There's of people a lot on the show. So yeah, crazy bitch. Let's go with that. And she's screaming at her. And just at the same time, someone's knocking on the door. So Tina's fucking scared to even open it or to even walk toward part the, the door. But she's reassured when she sees it's Dana and Laura. So they uh, come in and... You know, Dana's like, are you okay? Like, should we, you know, is she going to come to the fucking house? And she goes, she's capable of anything. Like, girl, what? She's 110 pounds. If that. Foot, uh, five foot two. This bitch is 100 pounds soaking wet. Okay. Like there, there's nothing to be intimidated about. Just because she threw her arms and said a couple of words. Whoop -de -whoop -whoop. Bitch, I'ma lay my fucking hands on your face before you can even get on my porch. Thank you. Okay. And Dina's only like what a good two months pregnant. Okay, if she wanted to beat this bitch's ass, she could easily beat this bitch's Front ass. Front kick that bitch in the out face. here trying to act so scared. Come on now. Ugh. But so, okay. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> Dana and Laura go like, okay, we're gonna lock all the windows and you know make sure that all the fucking doors are closed. 
Which is great. Thank you for being helpful. But are they helpful? Like nice. they they close one window. And one like, window. Yeah. So you're so fucking hot. Like, like just oh. flirting the house down. If y'all want to do that, you could have kept your asses at home. Okay. Because this is not helpful to Tina at all. How long have they been dating? Um, it's a couple months. I assume. God damn. Like, yeah. Aren't you done with like flirting and like the honeymoon phase? <laughs> Let them be in love. Okay. That's not but- my problem. My problem is just the fact that y'all are here for. Uh, comfort of Tina and to help her in her situation and to just like a protective type of thing and y'all can't be here but 10 seconds to ask Tina how she's doing okay great so mm, let's fuck like bitch y'all have nothing else to do they have a problem to do that in public yeah Mm. we've seen it last episode with the fucking manager in front of them just oh god mid conversation yeah god and then now like can you stop there's a time and place for everything it's not even cute at this point it's just what the fuck like get go somewhere go to the bathroom or something (laughs) I don't know so we go back to Tim again next door uh, who's calling Jenny's mom, Sandy. And he kind of is like, oh, my God. And he goes, no, she's sane. I'm happy she's okay. <laughs> like, okay, what the fuck? He hangs up, and he says that uh, Jenny called her mom an hour ago. <laughs> Why wouldn't Jenny call her mom, bro? What you think? So they kind of is like, okay, so if she called her mom an hour ago, where she's the fuck fine. is she? She's good. She just don't want you, bro. <laughs> So, the Randy's girlfriend's like, well, if I was Jen, I would have probably went back to, oh, and then they kind of realize, like, oh, shit. Can't say that. So, Tim just grabs his keys and goes, I have to fucking leave. Yikes. So, then we go back to Tina and the gang, and they are just chilling. Alice and Lisa are have arrived, and it looks like Shane was already there, so that she's sitting there. And they are playing a little bit of poker, just hanging out with Tina since Bet is gone. And, you know, Tina says that she unplugged the fucking phone because she did. Because Alice basically asked her, like, did the psycho lady call back or, you know, has she tried to make any contact? And she goes, no, I unplugged the phone, so I don't fucking know. Which, okay. Dumb bitch. I guess that solves all of our problems. (laughs) You know, (laughs) avoid everything. Meanwhile, your baby mama is over here waiting on a callback or information or whatever because you just left her God knows what news. Still not knowing what's going on, but that's besides the point. Because you unplug the phone, you know. Right. Great. So we go back to bed. She's still at the art show. You know, a little snippet of her having a good time talking to other artists. And we go back to Tina. Back to Tina. And someone knocks on the door. Tina checks behind the curtain. And it's Kit. (laughs) Um, And I swear, every time Kit arrives or is someplace, the mood is so fucking just light and fun oh it's 100 percent uplifted when she comes to the door because she's the only one that's really just out here carefree don't have no problems at least that she shows in front of people so she yeah she has her issues but you know for the most part she's trying to keep everything light and at this point like i'm just i just wish we had more kit yeah because every time we see her it's because someone's having a problem yeah she can't solve everybody's issues yeah like uh can we just have some good old kid content Mm -hmm. be great (laughs) <laughs> it'd be great um so fucking tim he's still looking for jenny oh yikes but i'm saying like you left your whole wife seven hours away very that from home we're very that and with no fucking remorse not a care in the left world. your ring there mm-hmm. no notes mm-hmm. not even no. a, not even a fuck you he just left nothing no way for her to come back mm. but hitchhike her way all the way back home mind you he mad like why she not here yet 
Isn't Tahoe like what you said, five, six hours away? Yeah. Seven. And you le- seven hours and you left her with no way to get back? Which why are you surprised she's not back after twenty four hours? Girl. No shit, bruh. I'm just like, you don't get to be fucking worried or concerned nope. or scared you or sure frustrated don't. because you she's sure not don't. here and you don't know where she is. You left her. Sure did. So despite how empty he felt at that point and how sad and misunderstood he felt at that point. You don't do that to somebody. Maybe he regretted and was like, okay, that was shitty. And now I'm scared. And but he worried. didn't come back to find her. You're right. He just, I'm going to sit by the phone. Okay. What? The fact that he drove seven hours back home mm-hmm. and was like. Not in one of those seven hours did he pull over like, maybe nope. I shouldn't do that. And nah. he got home, went to bed, went and to wake bed. up at 3 a.m. like, oh, well, yes, hello. I'm going to box. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no. He, uh. So he's at the fucking planet, just bashing on the door, yelling Jenny because she he thinks she's in there. Marina opens the door and he just fucking storms in, looking for Jenny under the tables, behind the counters, like looking at the ceiling, like what? You and think? here's the thing: even if Jenny was there, so what? You left her mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If the only person who gave a fuck to come get her would have been Marina in that situation, you can't say shit about it. Exactly. You don't get to come in here uh, pushing shit around, invading her place of business, calling her a vulture. I'm like, sir, you the one vulturing around my place, okay. throwing my shit around. <laughs> Very that. Up out of here. That part. <laughs> so fucking Marina goes like, I haven't seen her. She's not here. Last time I saw her, you were there. And she told me she never wanted to see me again. Remember that, you stupid dumbass? And he just has a fucking bad reputation of barging into people's houses uh, and places. Yeah, he did that in the hotel room with uh, yeah. her teacher, too. Yeah. Like, bro, you don't just bust up in somebody's place looking for Jenny. Entitled-ass Columbus Day shit. Like, Yikes, it's mine now. <laughs> like, coming in like, where is my wife? Like, goddamn. If you have to do that so much in a relationship, it might be because it's not the best of relationships. Yikes. But Marina does say, like, you know, Jenny is responsible for her own actions. Like, yes. you know, if she, whatever she decides, like, that has nothing to do with me. It was nothing that I did. It's it's her. She decided to do that. That's what she did. And he says, he has the fucking audacity to say, you preyed on her and played your intellectual game just to get into her pants bro your little cute girlfriend wanted me she sure did she sure did mind you marina did kind of come at her in the bathroom that's whatever but the fact that Jenny came back no you're exactly Jenny came back so it was definitely something that she wanted as well so it wasn't 100 percent preyed upon it was just creepy initially but you know it was something Jenny pursued as well it wasn't just marina so for him to just put it all on her is not fair what is it that you do, you girls? Mm. Does it even count? Ooh. Such a fucking question that I'm so fucking tired and annoyed. It's consistent. To hear. Yeah, people still they're they're still very curious. But what does Marina say? She goes, "You were there. You saw how much it counted." Uh, ow. I felt that in my left tit. Like, oh, I, my, oh god. my god, this bitch. She said it with so many balls. Yes. She looked up at him chin high, right in his fucking eyes. Yes. And said, you know, you saw, you know how much it counts. I hey. can't. I can't. I felt that. <laughs> he did <Wow>. too. <laughs> Ooh-wee. So she tells him you need to leave. And she starts to kind of like push him out. And he grabs her arms all extra strong. Like his masculinity was so fucking fragile. And he's like very macho about it. Very... I need to push back. Like, you yeah. don't control me. I'm the man. And he goes, what Ugh. are you trying to fucking prove? Yikes. And he goes, you know. No, I don't fucking know. 
what is it that you're trying to do right now? Like, beat me up? Yeah, what's that? What's that gonna do, sir? You gonna feel better? Like the fuck, get the fuck out of my place. And so, finally, he leaves. He leaves. Thank you. Ugh. So we go back to the crew, crew hanging out at Bet and Tina's house, and this ugh, opening scene. Like I paused for a while because I was trying to figure this out. Because uh, Dana kind of gets on the subject of Alice being bisexual, but she also explains how Lisa is a lesbian identified man Mm -hmm. to which Laura says, so what is that like a transsexual? And Dana goes, I wonder how he pees. Well, first of all, Alice goes, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you're right. Dana goes, I wonder how he pees. So, um, Oh God. It's just the level of insensitivity was very high in this scene. But what the fuck? Like, what does that even mean? Like a dude that pisses sitting down is what a transsexual or but a lesbian? I, I think what? exactly. I think it was more of a dig to trans people in that situation. To but say, there's I a bunch of cis men that piss uh, sitting down. Exactly. But but that's the point. You know, it's like that. That means no nothing. It's just what does that actually prove in this scene? What what are you trying to accomplish They're by this entire ignorant. conversation? So like, I feel like that was a testament to them not knowing what to do with the Lisa character. And that told us that the character's not trans. So they were trying to do some sort of, I don't know, it was like a caricature of what they wanted to do with a new uh, queer person on the show. They yeah. just didn't know what to do. So they were like, we're just going to do this. And they just threw it out there. They were trying to navigate some kind of new <sighs> thing. It but was it was so fucking weird. Like the they really didn't know what to do. That it was a straight woman who had to remind everybody that, hey, we don't need a fucking label to everything. And the oldest woman in the room, black woman in the room, straight woman in the room was the one that had to do it. Yeah. The outnumbered, outnumbered non-queer person had to let y'all know that that's not important. That's fucking stupid. Wow. But my, here's my thing again. How do you write both responses in the situation? So they wanted us to know that yes, kid is letting the world know that, you know, you don't need a label for anything. You don't need to understand it as long as that person is happy. But also, you wrote into the show that they need to have this discussion that doesn't necessarily add or subtract to the argument. Mm. It just felt, I don't know, out it's of like place. They, they wanted to be politically correct in including more people, but yeah. then didn't know how to navigate that. Exactly. So had very uh, politically correct and non-politically correct dialogue. Yeah. And that reminds so me it's a like, lot pick of a side. Max <laughs> storyline. Exactly. But that's why like, I always go back to the documentary uh, Disclosure. Because they reference the L word in that doc and they talk about how the L word tried to do a correct trans representation, but they didn't know how to do it as correctly as possible. They just were like, we're going to do it, but (laughs) But didn't know what to do. I mean, I understand because back in the day, representation was not there as much. Yeah. People were not as much out there as they are now, I would assume. But I feel like it's more of an insult to to try and do it incorrectly than to do it correctly from the beginning. Like, how long have we been saying, if you want to represent someone on screen, can you actually have someone from that community... Oh, a thousand percent. ...play the character? Mm -hmm. Because... I wouldn't be able to write about a gay man's story live. No. I'm not a man. Yeah. And I'm not gay. So yeah. it's not it's not your truth to tell. Exactly. So to have someone now on Gen Q that it is their story to tell, I feel like even though season one left much to be desired, I feel like with season two, we're randomly skipping ahead to Gen Q, but I feel like with season two having an actual trans character, I feel like he'll have more of an input 
in the the storytelling of Micah. Well, hopefully, because we're going to get there eventually, and yeah. I have a lot to say about. Oh, Micah. for sure. Yeah, we can we can really dive into it. Like, but but with that said, it is a step up from what we're dealing with in season one with this Lisa character. Sure. And for in the future sure. seasons with Max. Absolutely. Thousand percent. So we skip that scene. That scene. Sorry, and we go back to Bet. And she's in the fucking creepy ass alley. Is that supposed to be New York? Like I don't, I don't know. know, but she looked like a snizzack. No, oh, she does. As Bitch, always. I don't know what these bangs are doing to me, but the swoop to the side, <laughs> the swoop to the side is just life. This oh, whole episode, like I was God. like the bangs, you know, the bangs. Damn, the ba ba bangs. Okay, <laughs> shit. Oh my too gosh. Much. So she takes her messages and she hears Tina freaking out. Um, so she calls home, but the fucking mailbox is full. Mailbox full, bitch to unplug damn Ethernet cable. <laughs> I don't know. I mean the phone line. Like there, there's nothing. Like what what exactly was T- you know Tina? Just Tina. Just Tina. So she gets in a cab and she leaves. <sighs> and then we slip slide on back to the crew crew. Uh everyone is asleep, you know, oh. except for My our God. two love birds, Laura uh, and Dana. I'm over it. So Laura thinks this is a bomb ass time to fuck Dana right here, right now on this floor while we're all camped out in the living room, like sleepover style. Right. Like, I don't understand. Well, (laughs) guilty as charged. (laughs) Okay. But hey, don't go there. Your mom listening. You don't know about that. We were. No. Okay. I'm about to say, cause your mom be listening. No, but like, I mean, (laughs) in my past life, Ooh, Lord. Okay, whatever. It might happen. But at least try to be fucking subtle about it. Bro, they over here moaning like their life depended on it. Like, just loud, loud. Big loud. Like, if you want to do whatever, okay, whatever. But can you try to be quiet? I will be quiet for a whatever. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) Over here, like... Bending and fucking sighing Bro. and make a bunch of noise. And mind you, there is hella light in this living room. Yeah, we see you. Okay, like what? Fucking Shane's wake her eye. She wink her eye. She but looking. Alice is Alice like, is yeah. straight like just Yikes. straight face looking. Kid over there trying to hold back giggles. Yeah, like she everybody it's funny. is over there watching y'all, and you don't see none of this. Tits all out. Tit nipple out. <laughs> like full on. I can't. Like not even. Quick, like a little quickie. Nope. No, Laura had to fucking go down. She was like, listen, we we gonna do it or we're not gonna do it at all. Okay. So fucking Kit again, (laughs) once again, had to bring it all back together. She hit us with one of those clear throat. They said, oh, oh, my bad. Well, yeah. Hello. (laughs) Bitch, we're here. Dana is so embarrassed. Of course. Of course. She's so cute. Back to road trip through the woods. I mean, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so Jenny has been riding all day, and the GPS reads that it's ten thirty p.m. at this point. Okay, and so they really have been driving all day, and they've traveled over a thousand miles at this point. That's what the GPS reads. And so Jenny is driving, and the GPS goes, you know, turn right in one mile or whatever the fuck. And the girl, who is in the passenger seat, tells her not to listen to the GPS and just go straight. Mm-hmm. And um, Jenny Bitch. goes, are you sure? And she doesn't reply. Interesting. That shit is scary. Well, uh-uh. sure. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the whole thing of like, 
don't turn right, just keep straight. Mm. And Jenny's like, are you sure I should be doing that? And there's no answer. So it's, again, the fucking battle between, I'm sure, like, you kind of write when she thinks that she might, like, be talking to those people, but mm -hmm. she's not. And it's her internal voices and demons talking to her and mm -hmm. asking her questions. Where are you going? Where are you running from? Like, which decision are you going to take? Yeah. And it's, like, a voice telling her, turn right here mm -hmm. and take this path. But yeah. this other voice Follow the is correct like, path that's laid out for you. Yeah. Or deviate from the path. Exactly. You know what? That's deep. Because all I saw was this bitch just trying to lead you to the woods somewhere so you can chop <laughs> your neck off. I was like, hell no, though. I'm not going straight. I'm following this fucking GPS because I put these numbers in here and I know that the address is taking me where the, I wanted to go. These numbers? Can yeah, you coordinates? know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, because you got to have an address. Yeah. Okay. So I put this in. I know where it's going. You, I don't fucking trust you. Granted, she let her drive, but they could also have the wires under the car set so they can catch on fire in the car. Too much, girl. Bitch, I don't trust people. I'm going to stick to my. You know what? Analyze. Cut everything I said. You're correct. You're right. I'm just paranoid. Which is fine, you know? Creepy people in the middle of nowhere hitchhiking. No. Anyways, we go back to bed, who is still in a cab the morning after. Probably she's in LA by now. She took a plane and she's calling Peggy. And it's super fucking early in the morning because she's like, oh my God, so I'm sorry I'm like waking you up. Uh, I'm just telling you that I won't be able to attend the dinner you're throwing for me tonight. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, she, all of everything that is being done is for her. That's why it was a whole production for Tina and Bet to be there. Exactly. Um, and it was kind of her opportunity to kind of mingle and get more connections and things like that within the... Uh, foundation but you know sorry i gotta cancel oh, my, my wife is like having a panic attack and i don't know why <laughs> that's shitty so we get to tina's house and it's morning after everybody's still sleeping in the living room but the someone is knocking at the door actually and it's marcus and he tells tina that he's apologizing for what happened that he tried to call her but the voicemail was full so he's super sorry and he leaves and out uh tina's like oh yeah <laughs> Fuck. forgot about that <laughs> small little details probably why the phone hasn't rung in hours god idiot so she goes back to the phone plugs it back to the wall and listens to all the fucking messages that um are on the recorder or whatever and she goes oh bet hasn't called me well no bitch fuck you even if bet fucking called she can't leave a fucking voicemail because the voicemail box is full because old crazy bitch left five of them bad bitches okay like how does she not realize oh maybe bet tried to get through and she couldn't because of the voicemail like she just straight up oh bet didn't call she doesn't care <laughs> like can you still leave a message if the phone is disconnected yeah because you can call it's just not gonna ring oh, okay so that's why i said like they they the girl left hella yeah. messages but she couldn't uh when bet called she couldn't leave a message because exactly. the mailbox is full because old crazy girl left too many Oh, my God. So she decides to call Bet, and she's not entering, obviously, because probably her phone is dead by now because you made her, like, drop everything <laughs> and just leave. And so she calls the hotel and asks to speak to Bet Porter, and she's being told that she checked out already. And they're like, oh, my God, well, where she is, where, where she has been. Like, she must have sleep somewhere. Like That little <laughs> comment is so fucking stupid. Like, she had to have slept somewhere. I'm like, well... Girl, wait, what are you implying? <laughs> like, like, yeah. God. And uh, I was like, well, maybe she didn't like the sheets. <laughs> My God. Like, what kind of, like, person oh, do you yes. think your friend is to just leave a whole hotel because the sheets are not right? Well, they know Bed is a little bougie. I guess. But <laughs> right when they're talking about that, Bed comes through the fucking door and Alice goes, yay, mama's home. Which I thought was super cute. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. But um, she's, like, checking to see if the baby is okay and everything. And she's like, what happened? You left me all these crazy messages. 
To which Tina just goes on explaining the situation and Bet is just standing there fucking flabbergasted. Like yeah. confused. Like she came all this way back. She left New York from a party that was thrown for her in her honor. In her fucking honor because of the messages. And now she's here and you're telling me it was just a little misunderstanding. And when Tina kind of tries to tell the story, it sounds so meaningless. Outrageous. Like she says, I couldn't handle it. You came all the way from New York. Because of that? Well, yes, well, bitch. Yeah. I was worried. You're leaving me messages that something terrible yeah. had happened. But even, I guess, Bet got messages from uh, Shane and uh, Kit as well. But yeah. she's like, well, did they say what, what happened? Nobody fucking said the issue. You can't be leaving messages like that for people. <laughs> That's so stupid. God. Like, I'm across the country leaving yeah. scary messages like that. Yeah. I, there's no way for me to reach you. Or no way to reach my friends. Yeah. Because nobody's telling me shit. So now I have to drive, I mean, fly all the way back to find you all safe and cuddled with all of our friends in our living room. The house is not burned down to the ground. You're mm. still pregnant. Um, what is the issue then? Every bad Fuck. thing she could think of had not happened. But very surprisingly, Bet is not like super pissed. But she does go on a little mini rant about all of the things that were supposed to go correct for her in New York because of this uh, party thrown in her honor. Well, yeah, you know. But, you know, rightfully so. She's just kind of letting y'all know, well, this is what was going to happen, right. but not anymore. She did say that, you know, Peggy Peabody thrown, uh, th- was going to throw up, basically, um, a dinner in her honor that she had a, um, like, a donor that she wanted to get on her yeah. board of directions. You know, she was a star. Everybody was talking to her and how she got provocation from whoever. And mm-hmm. everybody thought she was, a, you know, superstar. So she was kind of disappointing. You could tell that she was kind of like bummed out. Yeah. But she was not angry. Yeah, for sure. Tina, as, which, as Tina, I mean, as Bet could have possibly have done, she was at like minimal debt. Exactly. She usually blows up. And then very quick scene. We just have Tim here sitting uh, at home all alone and sad, still <laughs> waiting for Jenny. Uh, he can keep waiting. He can just go somewhere. Fucking Tim. And so Jenny gets dropped off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, um, it was like a <laughs> random diner or something. Yeah. Do we assume it's LA now that she, they made it and they're like, here, we're going to keep going, but we'll drop you here? Maybe no she conversation. asked because I, I, I was going to say, like, why didn't she just ask to be dropped off at her house? But maybe she wanted to mail the letter first. I guess. Because she doesn't want to go home right away. Um, she's not going home actually. Um, we'll get there next episode, but she just mails the, the letter she wrote for Tim and she sits down on the ground by the mailbox and says that her organs won't last too long. So she'll try to get home before they die Mm. so she can give them to him. Yikes. Fade out to black. Mm. The end. (laughs) Um, Great episode. Yeah, it was a really good episode. It it got a lot of stuff out there. And I think, um, I don't know, I think it kind of put us a little bit more into Jenny's headspace. Yeah, it was definitely like a part two of the previous episode. For sure, yeah. And it's not over yet. Because, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully Jenny is back, uh, you know, in town, safe and sound. But she's not quite home yet. Mm-hmm. Still had a long way to go. <laughs> And that's going to be fucking interesting in the next episode. For sure. Because this, you know, is another, it's like part three of her whole fucking journey. Ugh, everything's just crumbling down. It is. 
but we love it. It's a great episode. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You got excited at the yeah. end. That's what it was. I'm just, I just love doing this so much. Um, thank you again for listening to us every week. We are so fucking excited. Actually, we've went all out. Um, what was I gonna say? I mean, we we actually reached uh, way more than a hundred listens on all of our episodes um, cumulated together. So thank you so much for all your love and support. And follow us at underscore let's have a word on Instagram to follow our updates about the podcast and uh, episode release announcements and little clips and all that shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Where can they find you, Shan? They can find me at the Les Word. That's L-E-Z Word. And Gab, where can they find you, girl? You can find me on Instagram as well at G-A-B-G-A-U-T-H, my personal account. Um, and we're going to see you next week. Share this episode with your friends and family. Comment, review, send us your questions. Do whatever you want. We love you. Thank you. And goodbye. <laughs>